You're listening to a Centro Church podcast. Elijah, who we're going to be talking about tonight, was someone that knew something so deeply within him that it didn't just become knowledge in his head, it became strength in his spirit that came out of him in overflow. And so in this series we used by God, we're looking at people from the Bible who were used by God, but they had specific things that they, they relied upon. As I've closed my notes somehow, let me get, try and get this back. <laughs> that they relied upon as knowledge, as, as faith in the battle. And so our foundational scripture for this series comes from Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 and it says, So be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid and don't panic before them for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. We know a Jesus that will never fail us, never leave us, never abandon us. We know what He has done, what He can do and what He will do. It it has to become within us a deep conviction, a deep belief that comes out of us. And this is what Elijah had uh, in his situation. And I don't know how this always happens. I always manage, like, when I find out what topic I'm going to be preaching on, I look and it's Elijah every single time. I don't know, I don't know whether that's something, I don't know. We'll find out. Next time, if it's Elijah again, I'll be, I don't know, checking the, who's rigging this for me. Anyway. So, the story that I wanted to lean on is the contest on Mount Carmel. So Elijah lives in this time where the people of Israel have gone astray. They started worshipping a God called Baal. And Elijah meets them, meets all the prophets of Baal and says, look, this isn't good. This isn't, what you guys are doing isn't right. So meet me up on the mountain and let's have a hoedown throwdown and sort this out. It might not have been a hoedown throwdown, but it was a... <laughs> A dance battle, but it was, a, it was definitely like a, like he was full on, like he was like, meet me up there, bring all your friends and bring the entire people of Israel. And so they go up on the mountain and the, he gets the prophets of Baal to set up one altar and he sets up an altar and the prophets of Baal put a, put a bull on the altar and they start dancing around, they start cutting themselves, they start screaming out to Baal saying, Baal, would you put fire on this altar and I love Elijah he, he in this moment he is so sure he is right he starts to taunt them he says look you know he's a god he's probably gone on a long journey he's probably on the toilet or something like that you just need to scream a bit louder like it's it's no big deal like he's probably somewhere away and I'd like to stop in this story so that we we can take a moment to realize that our god is never away Our God is never on the toilet. Our God is never somewhere that He can't hear us. He's always available to us. And to get where we're going tonight, we need to understand that from the start. But they keep going, the prophets of Baal, and nothing happens. And then Elijah steps up, and he is so sure, he is so confident, that he gets the people to pour all this water over the offering. He gets... It says that the the offering was literally overflowing with water. And he doesn't even do much. He just steps up and he says, God, I know you're God. Let all these people know you're God and respond with fire. And God responds with fire. 
And it says this in 1 Kings 18, verse 38. Immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, The Lord, He is God. Yes, the Lord is God. And then Elijah commanded, Seize all the prophets of Baal. Don't let a single one escape. So the people seized them all, and Elijah took them down to the Kishon Valley and killed them there. That was what was on the line. I left that verse in to see what was on the line. Elijah was so confident, but death, his, his own life was on the line because he put to death all the prophets of Baal. And I sometimes think, I've been thinking to myself this past week, I was like, how, how is Elijah so confident that God's going to respond? How does he have this knowledge that he's going to just step up and that God is going to do the miracle? And because it wasn't like the prophets of Baal came to him and said, we need to sort this out. Elijah sought them out. He went to them and said, let's go up this mountain and sort this out. A lot of the times in Scripture you see biblical stories, they start with, you know, in Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they say, you know, you either denounce your faith or you get thrown in the furnace or like in Daniel, it's like you need to stop praying or you're going to get thrown into the lion's den. There's a lot of getting thrown into places for your faith. But it's Elijah that responds out of faith and says, I'm going to seek out this enemy and I'm going to destroy it because it's not right to be amongst the people of Israel. This was something that was opposite to the way the people of God should have been living in. And it comes back to this thought of overflow that I've had for the, you know, the last few months. That God's desire isn't just that we know about Him, but that becomes so full of Him that it just flows out of us to the people around us. That what comes out of us is faith, that what comes out of us is hope, and what comes out of us is joy. That, you know, the spiritual is just the, you know, the reaction of the world to, around us when we go places, that the enemy is destroyed, you know, that's our reality. That where we walk, there's earth-shaking faith that occurs. It's more than just knowledge. It's being so full of God that the world literally changes around us. And so there's, there's three points that I wanted to talk about in regard to overflow. There's three things that have to occur. And the first one is movement. There has to be a movement of water when there's overflow, whether that's from a tap or from a bottle or from a creek or from a lake, down a waterfall. There has to be a movement of water. And you know, God is moving all the time. And we have to be listening for when He's moving. We have to be aware of what He's doing. Because where He is moving, we have the opportunity to get into that space and be filled, to be filled with God. He's not going to fill us from long distance because if we go other places, the places that we're not supposed to go, go to sin to be filled or go to um, addictions, go to vices to be filled, then the chances are when we feel empty, those are the places that we'll go again. So God's not going to fill us from long distance. It's a recipe for disaster. And Elijah saw an enemy that needed to be dealt with. 
And let me tell you, when there's opposition in your life, when something comes up against you, when something's there that shouldn't be there, that is a prime time for God to be moving, to be aware, to be listening, to be hearing of what God wants to do. Opposition to the gospel all around the world, you see it. Where there's opposition, God is moving. You see it in the Middle East at the moment. There's severe opposition to the gospel. But that's where God is moving so powerfully at the moment in the Christians there. And we're made to go to God to get filled. And this is something that Elijah did regularly. He was a prophet. It was his job to hear from God and speak it. He didn't care who, who opposed him. He didn't care who rejected it. He's, it his, his job. I have to speak what God has given me to speak. And sometimes that might be painful, it might be messy. But it's that closeness to God, it's that proximity to where He's moving that brings out the confidence that means that wherever we go, whatever situation, that God's power and God's overflow just comes out of us. So there has to be a movement of water. The second thing is capacity. There has to be a capacity. See, when a cup runs out of capacity, it overflows. We're only made to hold so much within us. Because later on in this story, Elijah heads down the mountain and the queen, who had a lot of influence over the king at the time, was like, you're going to get killed. Like, this, is, this was too far. You killed all the prophets of Baal. And this is what's going to happen. And Elijah enters this state of like, man, like I'm the only one left. My life is at, like more or less over. And so he's, he's depressed in this moment. But God comes to him in a gentle whisper. And it just shows that, you know, there was, Elijah had a humanity that if he relied on himself, if he kept going alone, he would not have been able to overcome. He would not have been able to press on and be the person that God has called him to be. And I, and I thought about this in my own life. My, um, these past, this past year, I've been, uh, I went to Bible college last year. And a lot of the time, I was just like, man, I'm just so on fire. Like, I'm so passionate about God. But I thought to myself, yeah, but what about those times when you haven't felt so on fire, you haven't felt so passionate, when you've just been sort of, you know, living your life day to day and just being like, man, I just can't do this all the time. And I just had the thought, you know what, it's not, it's not necessarily about whether I'm good enough, what I can do, what I'm capable of. I'm just sick of feeling sorry for myself. So I'm just going to keep pursuing God. And in those moments where I don't feel capable, in those moments where I don't feel good enough, God's like, you know what, you, my friend, are right. You're not capable, you're not good enough. But when my power gets within you, there's a capability that comes out. There's a confidence that comes out. There's an ability that comes out. That's not, nothing to do with myself. It's everything to do about God. And it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, we have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Elijah's power wasn't from himself, it was from being full of God. And so often in our lives, it's so easy to get stuck in 
what we're capable of, what our capacity is. But what God is saying is what I've put within you must come back out of you in an overflow. What what I've put within you, the salvation, must overflow back out of you and preach to the world around you. See, once you get saved, it's no longer, it's longer, no, try again. It's no longer about you. I get saved, whoop de doo I'm going to heaven. Nice. But there's a world around us that is hurting. There's a world around us that is broken, that God wants to use us to reach. And when God puts power, when God puts faith, when God puts joy within us, it's not meant to just stay where we are. It's not meant to stay within us. It's meant to come back out of us and overflow to the people around us who have never experienced the presence of God before. So we have a capacity. We're, like, it, like that verse says, we're just clay jars. We can't do it. We're not capable. Often there's lots of cracks. There's brokenness that water just keeps spilling out of. But that's the way we were made. It's so that God's presence would just keep spilling out of us to the people around us. And so don't be afraid of where your capacity is because God wants to overflow. And the third thing that you need for overflow So you need movement of water. There needs to be water moving. There needs to be a capacity that's going to get overflowed. But there needs to be an expectation. See, I don't know, sometimes when you go to family gatherings, you might put your cup, like, for example, my brother gets a drink of water, so he starts pouring himself a glass, and, you know, you do the old slide your cup next to his, so it's like, you know, as as you've done to you, given to yourself, give to me as well. And he's just like, no. And you're like, all right. (laughs) But he starts filling your cup. And when someone's giving you a glass of water, they're not just going to keep pouring water into the glass until there's just water everywhere. Because that would just be like, like, what are you doing? Unless they're trying to play a joke or something like that. It's like, what are you doing? Why? There's always like a a specific time where it's sort of genuinely accepted, generally accepted, not genuinely accepted, that they will stop filling your cup, right? But, and then it's full. It's not even at the rim, it's like sort of just below so that you can actually pick up the cup of water and drink it. But one thing, that, that overflow isn't just like a cup example. For example, if, if you've got a bunch of rivers filling a lake and the lake is starting to get to full, we probably experienced this in the last month or so, the lake can't get out of the way. The lake can't be taken away so that it's, once it's full, it's like, okay, let's get a new lake and put it in, the, in place. It just starts to overflow. The river just starts to burst at bank, its banks. There's too much for it to handle. And so often, particularly in church, is that when we have the opportunity to be filled by God, we, we come with our little cup to be filled with, with His presence, with His power, And once it gets to full, we go, thanks for that. And we walk off. And we might come back next week, next Sunday, next month, next young adults retreat, next youth camp, next year, to come and get another cup. But it's not, that's not how God designed us to live. He wanted us to just stay, come into his presence with our little cup And he's just going to start pouring. 
and pouring and pouring. And if we just stay in His presence and don't take the cup away and don't walk off to whatever life has for us, if we just stay in His presence, God's going to keep pouring and He's going to keep pouring and you're going to keep overflowing and the people around you aren't going to be the same. There's going to be people that are so affected by what God has done in your life, what salvation has brought, what the fire of God has done for you, that you're just going to be like, man, I just came to God with who I was, with my brokenness, with, with my little cup to be filled. And God did exceedingly and abundantly above what I could ask or think. And we're going to, we're a Pentecostal church. I don't know if you knew that. So we're going to have a moment where we're going to put this into practice. You know, I can say, you know, I'm going to pray for you if you want to be filled with God. But I feel like there has to be a response. There has to be a moment where we step into the presence. We have to make a choice and get filled. And not just, you know, come here for one time and then step out and that's it. But just make that choice. I'm going to step into your presence, God. And I'm not going to leave. I'm going to take the presence into every single place I walk. I'm going to take the presence into every single opportunity, every single, you know, family setting, into every single workplace. Because filling up is cheap. You just have to take a step forward. It's not $2.20 a litre. You don't have to find the best fuel station. You just have to take one step. You can be at your house. You can be here in church. This is a perfect opportunity. And so in a moment, these guys are going to come out and sing a song that says, that's the power, so powerful, that song. And the altar is open. All the altar is, is a place where we make sacrifice. It's a place where we say, God, I'm done living by my own standards. I'm done living by my own energy. I'm done living by my, my own expectation. And I'm going to move into a place where you're moving, where my capacity is willing to be overflowed and I'm not going to leave until, you know, you overflow in my life. And so the altar is open and we're just going to lay ourselves on the altar and there's going to be some people that are coming to come and pray for you while we sing. But before that, I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful that you gave us the example of Elijah that he stayed in your presence. He became so full of who you are that there was a confidence that came out of him. There was an overflow that came out of him that he could attack the thing that was not meant to be in the people of Israel. They were not meant to be in your, in your people, your chosen generation. So Lord, you see this church, you see these people, you see their hearts. And whatever is not meant to be there, I pray that you would call it out, that there would be a confidence that comes out of them, that there would be an overflow that starts at this moment, that you would fill every single one. And so to every single person, that maybe it's been a while since you've been filled by the Holy Spirit, or maybe it was yesterday, it doesn't matter. Come down the front, because God wants to meet you. God wants to overflow in your life. God wants to begin something that cannot be stopped, that cannot be explained except by the power of God. So let's sing. 
Thank you for listening to this podcast.